It was all a pipe dream Watching body boarding up on TV Deep at reef watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe Buying Riptide G'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast, the home of bodyboarding. Thank you for joining us on episode 59 of our Verbal Journaling, and I'm your host, Luke O'Connor. Well, today's guest in the lounge is most certainly in the OG category when it comes to Gold Coast Boog Elite. Influenced so many around him with his clean swooping lines and millimetre perfect air reverses, he was, is, and will forever be a student of style and flawless timing. Riding a surfboard up until his mid to late teens, today's guest came to the Boog Banquet rather late, so to speak. Missing the entrees and going straight into the main course usually doesn't bow well with athletes of any sport, yet today's guest rose to the top like whipped cream on a well-dressed pavlova. Riding for major brands like NMD, VS, Zion and Unite Clothing throughout his entire time on the phone, today's guest always shone so bright on any team when it came to the technical aspects of bodyboarding. You only have to go back and look up his Boom podcast series episode from the Waldron Bros to see what Tech Boogan is all about. Legs like fucking knives. Jesus, brah. Today's core lord has recently returned home from a dash and passion Europe where he has successfully asked his girlfriend to be the love of his life while draped in the warm European sun. Well in, sir. Well in. And in his spare time, today's guest also enjoys throwing a line in from time to time and works FIFO as a sparky up in the Queensland mines. Without further ado, please welcome one of the all-time greats to the lounge, Joe Clark. Pras, how are you, my mate? What's happening, brother? Nah, man, dude, just um, back in Sydney, had a good time down in Bendy um, from a three or four-day yeah, it was four days, uh, family holiday, and sitting here talking to you in, yeah, sweaty old Sydney, back to it, back to the grind, and good to be chatting to you, man. What, what have you been up to? Oh, mate, I'm just uh, uh, rekindling after a massive trip in Europe, and um, as you said, uh, proposed to my partner, Erin, and she yeah. said yes, which is bloody great. <laughs> it's always good when they say yes, hey? Oh, mate, it's... Uh, it's the best outcome, really. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking oath it is because you do not want to have that situation like we all obviously as blokes going into it thinking, what if they do say no? And like, what if I'm just left here in this grand moment um, doodling my fingers going, fuck, that kind of blew back in my face. But it was all successful, yeah. Joey. That's fucking epic. Yeah, that's the main thing. Hey, there was a lot of uh, time, effort and tears and couple of little meltdowns along the way, a couple of failed attempts like trying to uh, sneak the ring around and just get the right zone that like I, I knew she'd love and it'd be special and, man, it, it buckled a few times and I just had to retreat and regather and <laughs> try and try and do it again in another place. And, yeah, right at the end of our trip I finally found a little place, this beautiful little beach in the Mediterranean um, side of Spain. And, uh, yeah, I just I got, like, real giddy and, like, real hypo and I was getting real weird. So she she definitely would have knew it was coming. But, um, yeah, nah, she was a good sport. And 
Yeah, she said yes, and we had a beautiful afternoon on the beach and drank some wine, and yeah, it was bloody good times. Dude, it was all happy days. All ends at um, all well that ends well. But man, dude, like, talk about the failed attempts. What, what, what do you mean? <laughs> so you had one set up at other locations, and then that just didn't work out. Like you weren't feeling it, or things didn't fall into place. Oh, just like uh, Aaron was crook. Uh, one of the times, and um. We lost a day on the trip and we had a few things planned. So, so I was um, trying to organise like a, a boat down uh, the Seine River in Paris and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, no, nah, like I really want to go here. And I'm like, oh, well, like I really want to do the boat trip and stuff like that. Or like I was like, do you want to go for a picnic at the Eiffel Tower or just little things and uh, just stuff got in the way and we had to we, we went and did something else and but the main one was we got all dressed up we went to a cabaret show like a moulin rouge kind of thing oh hectic had a, had a great night and before we went i checked the weather because i was like oh, you know like I, I don't want it to be raining and this night was saying 90 percent chance of rain like 20 mils of rain i was like oh god it's gonna be pissing down it was raining at the time so i was like i'll leave the ring in our apartment and we'll just go have a good night whatnot anyway rain the whole way there had the best night we came out of the place and we're walking across this bridge across that same river there was no one in sight like which is just incredible because it's been like thousands of people everywhere we went and there was no one there walking across this river the beautiful lights on the on the river uh, it was just her and I walking across in Paris by ourselves looking at this beautiful view and I was just stopped and I just looked at the river I was just like oh my god like and I got fully crumbled like <laughs> I got the shits because I was like that was the moment and I didn't have it on me and I just looked at an app on my phone and I was just devastated. And, um, yeah, we, we got a couple of nice pictures there, but it just wouldn't, it's not the same, you know what I mean? But it all worked out in the end and, yeah, we, it ended up being magical as it was. But, yeah, that was, that was the main one. And then I tried to do it at home as well. I got like a really nice farmhouse Airbnb with like a bathtub outside in the paddock and you could look at the stars and blah, blah, blah. And it was just magic as well. But that wasn't meant to be either. I didn't take the ring there and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, there was just a lot of little cogs in the in the wheel that uh, changed our direction to that spot. But that's life and, yeah, yeah, so that's it really for that. <laughs> That's hectic, Clarky, man. I'm kind of just gobsmacked here. And yeah, because I was thinking back on the time that I proposed to my wife, Lozzie, like we we were over in Canada. Um, I had a mate coming over, Damien Miller, who was, was a really good friend and stayed and still is a very good friend. He's still alive today. Shout out to Damien Miller. You you obviously know Miller on the yeah, Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. Legend of a, of a fella, and he was um he was cruising with us. We had um, boarded and skied Revelstoke during our time there, and I proposed um, just outside the township of Revelstoke to Lozzie, and it was kind of just a one, one and done thing. And I hadn't, I was, I was really lucky that kind of everything just at that moment came together, and it was, it was sunny, and and there weren't too many people around, and we could walk out into a property and da 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 da. da. But um yeah, then you know just back to my point, man, thinking about what you went through on the 
on the moments and 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 the the like you know almost show and go with the ring and like you know yeah, should it be there should it not be fuck it's a it's a head fuck a eh? like you know just mm-hmm. wanting to have that perfect moment you put so much pressure on yourself i had so much pressure on myself like that was the main thing like i i put a lot of ideas in my head like is she gonna like the ring <laughs> is she gonna like the spot is it gonna be right like is that yeah. the story she loves? Because she's quite an imaginative girl, and you know she she really likes that sort of stuff. And I was just like, I wanted it to be perfect. And I was just beating myself up, beating myself up. And then when I finally did it, we had the best night. And then the next day, I had like a full blown come down, and I was just like, I had no energy. It was like I just had this big crash. Like I'd finally like just all this pressure. It had finally worked out, and I just laid in bed for, like, half the day, just like a jellyfish, just beached. I was just laying there just like, oh, <laughs> I'm just done. I'm just done. Yeah, yeah. It was a build-up. It was almost like a full world title fight, and then just the next day, it's like, oh, I'm chilling. That that was big. Yeah, I couldn't imagine what that would feel like, but, yeah, that that was just insane never felt anything like it like the joy you feel and the happiness and all that sort of stuff like it's pretty pretty awesome man dude it's just crazy to share it with someone joe like it's just ridiculous man and doing it over in europe too you nailed it what a, what a time to do over in summer like so epic and um yeah it's just the, the time of life you think it's right and you know still mixing heaps of boogan in with um a professional career now um as a sparky man like you know you've come a long way from your professional bodybuilding days where you were just a blonde beach rat just loving it bros and um you know did i want to talk about your bodybuilding man and, and and going over some of the clips and just loving some of the older footage i love the 2010 best of joe clark footage on um youtube anyone listening to this go type in 2010 joe clark and there's heaps of pipe and there's you in like a white um, um, black classic Zion Springy and you're on a, a VS board. Um, it's probably just after you you just um, came from Noma, uh, NMD and went on to VS. And, dude, you're fucking ripping. It's so tech. And what I said in the intro about like swooping lines, you really notice how much you accentuate um the ability to like lean in on your inside rail and then like flexed and taut out of the bowl using that inside rail as pop it's really like really good bodyboarders do it and then you're you're obviously an extremely good bodyboarder but and, and the way you lead your body and and do things um with your front arm on re- left and right super impressive it's super noticeable in that clip and i fucking wanted to talk about it because i was just into it i watched it three times I was like jesus can't that because not many people uh, you know, not, not not saying there's not really good bodyboarders out there right now. The, the standard bodyboard is incredible, but when you see that, it's 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 rare. Like, did you focus on that heavily as like a grom, just going like, I need to really like flow through my elbow and my rail. Like, was that a big thing? Yeah. I um, I just used to watch Hardy and Rollins and Stewart and those guys. Like, that's all I watched. Like, I used to watch Hardy and Rocky like flat flat stick when I was when I was younger and I just loved how Rawlins especially like how much speed he got off his bottom turns like really big long like as you were saying 
and then he's just going whack and just putting so much power out of that turn, like riding high and then just letting go and just getting as much speed as you could. I, like, it was almost my favourite part <laughs> was like the bottom turn to anything. Yeah, because um, it's anticipation, isn't it? Like as you're coming yeah. in to what's going to unfold, either like a barrel or a bowl or you're racing down the line to an oncoming, whatever it is. Like, yeah, it's just it's so cool. And you can do so much with it. Like you can you can fade back in and, and get to your power pocket or you can swoop like, you know, we've just been discussing, like you execute so well towards whatever you're doing. Like it's, yeah, it, it's it's the, the best part. And in surfing, like and, and in almost all like water sports, that turn at the start sets you up everything, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's basically the platform to for any move, any carve, barrels, anything like that. It's yeah, that's the the basis and the platform in which everything can be done. And I think once you've done that, pick the right line, and you've got that much speed, like the world's your oyster. You do whatever you want. I can, I. Yeah, that as I said, like that was almost my favourite part was the bottom turn and even changing the bottom turns to suit the wave. Like, like if you're a bit deep and you're coming flying around a kind of whitewashy kind of bowl and carving into the pocket and stuff like that. Like, even that sort of stuff. Like, I just love the rail work, flat palm stuff like that. Like, it just it just feels good and you kind of just in in rhythm with the wave and stuff like that. Like. Yeah. Dude, that was super evident in that boom episode um, over in Bali. Like some of the carbs that you were doing, I don't know if it was, and some of the reverses out of the bowl, especially um, in was it is it Dream World or Dreamland that 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 wave oh. that that left that left bowl. Like oh my goodness, you got to walk down through like a resort. Is 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 that the wave? Oh, I can't remember. We surfed. Because um... actually oh. I went there after, like, looking for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, we um... surfed Padang Padang. We surfed Karamas. We surfed Changu. Um, I don't Maybe it might be Changu and I might just be cooking it. But it was just this crazy rip bowl kind yeah, of semi-stand reef thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been Changu. Um, yeah, okay, sweet. Yeah. I was looking for a way it was probably pumping. didn't exist. It was pumping. Yeah. Though, Far like, out, wasn't it? That was one of the craziest trips we ever did. I remember going for two weeks and we had um, Toynesy shooting. And that was like the hardest two weeks work of my life. Like we were surfing for hours like Rawlins and Hardy, Pierre, uh, Winnie. Who else was there? Uh, Thorpey, Charlie, and myself, and like I just couldn't believe how long they could surf for. And Tonsy was like, "Nah, you're staying out there till you get the shot." Like, right, it was, it was a full blown job. And that was my first proper trip, and it was incredible surfing with those guys. And like, you see how they surf, and then like, obviously back then I was super competitive, and like, just was like, "Oh my god!" Like these guys are incredible. Like when you surf with them. They just tear to shreds. You just look at them and you're like, how are you even doing that stuff? And that, like, surfing yeah. with them and doing that, that was just, you know, I guess it rubs off a little bit in some way. Um, and the peer pressure and the kind of the camaraderie and all that sort of stuff in the water just made you go harder, try harder, 
and um, try things, I guess, that they were doing. And, um, yeah, that that trip really oh, – I love that trip. It was incredible. Staying in a resort and stuff, like, you know, that's probably my first semi-professional kind of trip. It was somewhat paid for and um, we had fresh boards made by um, Nick Mesritz when we got there. Like, it, it was so good, man. <laughs> I loved it. I loved that trip. I think that was my first trip to Bali as well. So, what a... Was that back in, what, 2012, 2013? Yeah. Yep. Would have been back then, yep. Yeah, yeah. sick, man. Yeah, such a well-put-together clip. Yeah, and you, you're right. The NMD part of it was super professional, eh? Like, the out of the start, even with Nick shaping in his bay there and the way it's cut mm. and, you know, the whole thing put together. Um, yeah, so wild. So wild. I... I just frothed on that clip. That's one of the first podcasts I ever watched, you know, um, as a girl. I was like, what is a podcast? And the Waldron brothers were doing them yeah. that long ago in kind of like video form. It was, um, yeah, obviously not in like the long form audio sense that other people do, but yeah, just, um, yeah, just, just sick, man. Far out. Like, Pretty I, groundbreaking, I, like, really, eh? When you think yeah, about dude. It. Yeah, yeah. It it really was to think about that back in the, um, that like you know what what's that man? That's like that was like when Nokia's were around and stuff, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's easily ten years ago. Like just to think about like where it's come to now, and then you see the standard there, like especially the editing and obviously the bodyboarding, so tech. Like, yeah, it's just it's just yeah, just fucking you know, jaw to the ground, man. But speaking about your bodyboarding, Joe, speaking about um, what 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 you you like to define as good bodyboarding, obviously your swooping lines and, and things from Hardy and, and Rawlins is like super evident and your style is like identical and so well clean cut. But when it comes to your reverse, who influenced that and, and where did you hone that um, around the Gold Coast? Because that's pretty iconic in itself. You reverse. It's it's a sick reverse. <laughs> um, I reckon that came from Spencer Skipper at Pipe. Um, watching the old Rush videos and stuff like that. Um, he used to do them in the pocket at Pipe, and I reckon they. That's where I kind of got the the idea from. Um, and then at home. We've got a lot of left wedges. So we had Fingal, which was a place that we went to all the time. Um, just across the river from D-Bar has left wedges as well. Back in the day, it used to wedge from in front of the rock wall, out the back kind of, and just link up with whitewash bowls, like your nugging kind of bowls and stuff like that. So we had that, we had Fingal, and then we had Southwall Ballina, which was like one of the most incredible left wedges. And I just, I don't know if I was younger or whatnot, but every time we went there, it used to be pumping. And there'd be three of us out there and we'd just surf it all day. And you just have these four to, like, three to six foot left wedges with those reverse bowls. And I guess um, that's where I kind of, it's hard not to do a reverse when you have that sort of wave. Um unless it was like a closeout bowl and you could do inverts and stuff like that. But that's where I feel like I honed all of my um, my left reverses. Um, 
And yeah, and then I had Diva as well, which you don't really get that, but um, so much. But that that gave me the ability to work on my right surfing as well, and Iluka. Yeah, yeah, sick. There's so many mixed wedges going both ways there. Just you know, rattling off in like a minute portion of that conversation, bro. That's crazy to think, and they're all world class in their own right, really on their on their day. Like even. Fingal, for example, like I've, I've surfed that probably on way less um, standard than, than you have ever had it. But even when I'd surfed it just on the random days when I used to surf with Jimmy Williamson and go up with Andrew Hoff, um, Steve Wall up to the Goldie and just go for some trips, like, man, that was so much fun. And especially when, like, the summer Nordleys would come up, you'd still get a little bit of protection, you could kind of carry on a bit there and, like, just have, fun it was so sick and yeah all your beaches just have got so much punch and ability to like hone and perfect a craft you know like there's so much opportunity if you go hunting like and i'm not saying that you've got the full round of package up there like you do like in like reefs but you you make up for it and just perfect sand bottom pits bro and crazy wedges like fucking crazy wedges it's sick eh? a sick place to live i would imagine yeah, well, and it's super consistent as well. And another place I didn't mention was Stratty. Like, Stratty has the power of a reef. When it's pumping, you know, I guess over four foot, it is so heavy and it punches like, you know, it's got Nick Gornell came out of there and you see how he surfs and, you know, like the the bowls and the, and the barrels there, you know, are incredible and heavy, heavy as well. Like the banks, uh, we've had a few floods that changed the banks there, but back in the day, it just used to hit the sand so hard. You'd see people getting airlifted all the time, breaking their back, breaking boards. Like it was insane. But the one thing I do notice about a lot of the Gold Coast guys and a lot of, a, a lot of the guys who came from like Sunny Coast and Goldie is we, we had a lot of smaller ways and we learned how to do the manoeuvres in the smaller stuff and I think that gave us more time to um, get our movements more precise with our spins and all that sort of stuff. And then when we got the good waves, we could upgrade it and upskill in in our moves and stuff like that. But I think, like, if you look at, you know, like you got your Novies and your Stonies and the Sharp, Cage Sharp and all those boys that have epic style, Jono, um, Gornell, like, all those boys have grown up surfing slop and and then getting to travel and, you know, use that stuff that you learn in smaller waves and, you know, put it towards surfing these great waves. And I think it really shows that um, if you, yeah, if you've grown up surfing that sort of stuff, um, it just gives you that extra edge um, technical-wise. And, yeah, that. That's my kind of take on it, I reckon. Dude, definitely. You guys have put the hard yards in. You've been in the fucking trenches. Think about it. When <laughs> you go through summer and in the spring and you get a strong northerly whipping up and you just, as you said, got the one to two foot slop and you're dealing with aggressive surf culture up there and just like oh. stingers and, you know, fucking crazy riptides and just cyclones and just shit that you know, cyclones can produce good waves but you, you know what I mean just crap it's crazy yeah. to think um, yeah otherwise it almost, mate yeah it almost made you keener I reckon yeah you, you deserve you'd go it out in anything. you'd go out in anything and you'd surf 
for ages as it was. And then when it got good, you just surf for hours. And yeah. Dude, when I used to watch the visions, it's a prime example. When you would watch the visions and when you go over and over again, the footage that came out of it, you were amazed at like a one to two foot wave because yeah. of what they were honing on that on, on that wave. That wave yeah. when another person was surfing would have just been next, fast forward, whatever. But when you put that athlete, as you mentioned those names, like the 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 Novies, the Tom Robbs, the John O'Bruces, mm-hmm. it um it just demonstrated what you can do on that sort of um that sort of wave on that sort of board, you know, like yep. small wave yep. bodyboarding is something a bit to really be admired. And you are so right when you look at like some of the biggest, like look at Jake Stone's wave of the right. Like who yeah. would have fucking thought that a guy who came from <laughs> one foot sunny coast, Caloundra is going to be then cruising into like a 20 foot plus beast at the right. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy yeah. to think, but, that's the progression and that's the proof in the pudding for your theory. It's just get the technique down pat and put the balls to the wall later and it fucking works. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I never got to have a crack at the right. Like I, I had a chance at the left and I had this super, super stiff board. It was like polypro and it felt like a brick. And I was just like I kind of wigged myself out and I was like I'm not going to be able to bottom turn on that. It was like 10 foot and I was with Finlay and Stoney. Toynesy, Whitey, like all the bloody legends. And I fully pussed it. I was like, fuck, I can't, I can't surf that. And I fully, I was like, common? yeah, it was pretty solid. Like uh, Finlay and Stoney both got shots run that day. And I just remember looking down, the water was black, like it was so deep. And there was just, and the mountains are massive. And I just got overwhelmed. Like just this dude just used to surfing like, Kingy Reef, no bigger than five foot, and surfing beaches and shit, and I just fully wigged out, and I was like, "Fuck!" That's crazy, the power of your mind, because all I had to do was just fly into a wave, use the same thing, just hold my rail, and it came out of a pit. You know what I mean? But yeah, my mind fully just fucked me. <laughs> it was like, "You're not doing it, man!" And I, I kick myself because, like, I look back, and right now, like, I'd be like, "I would love to do that," just, and I would, and I'd give it a crack, but. You know, it's just like, fuck. Just, that's what happens when you're younger, you know. Like your mind gets better of you and you miss chances and opportunities. And I think like if you get the chance, you just go for it, eh? Like I look back and I just go, fuck, I wish I took, I wish I went that and took that opportunity. Did you feel yeah. like that stage that might have like catapulted you to the next level that you wanted to be at or like a yeah. goal path that you'd set? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Fully pushed it. Ah, <laughs> oh, bro, don't be too hard yeah. on yourself. I'm sure everybody yeah. out there has had moments where they were like, at this session I should have done X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Mm. I've had it go over and over my head in numerous waves in my life, man. You just got to learn to live it. And I'm like, I'm sure you know. You, you know, it's just, it's so, it's it's just surfing, eh? Like, unfortunately, yeah. like in bodyboarding, it's just, yeah, waves are a are going to go past un, unridden and you feel like you should have been on them or you feel like you could have done this better or you could have made this or whatever, but it just wasn't like 
meant to be. And fear is a big thing, Joe. Eh? Like how is it playing in your head when you just see something go over and over again and you're like, oh, I haven't been that fit or I'm not like in the best shape. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. You find little holes in yourself, yeah, and you just rip yourself apart. And you, as yeah. you said, you would have been fucking sweet, man. But it is yeah. the, the, the mental thing. It just cripples you. Yeah. But anyway, I... You know, I kind of took that and I surfed other waves. I got a couple of chopes and at conies and stuff like that. And I used sessions like that down at the left where I was like, well, I'm not missing a wave now. Like, I'm here. The waves are bombing. I want a big one. And I kind of, I guess, like, I didn't get to surf big waves all the time. But if I got a chance after that, I gave it a crack. And, um, yeah, I kind of, I guess I used it as a bit of fuel down the track. Well, dude, um, you definitely got a really couple of solid ones at a memorable session. I can remember down at the left bombie down the south coast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that wave, man. That place is sick. Yeah, oh, that whole coastline is beautiful. It's, I reckon that's one of the best waves in Oz, to be honest. Yeah, for sure, especially at the size and the um, the cleanness that we had at that day. Eh? Or we might have crossed paths, but you you definitely got some bangers, and um, like it was a yeah, just on a drop out of place. And and when, when when it's like that out there, it just seems to be a lot more manageable. Not dealing with all those like elements, hey, like of a wild and yeah. woolly scenario. Like it it looks dreamy, almost looks like, um, except with the steamer on, like um a kind of tropical chopes heavy slab, you know? Yeah, 100%. That day, for sure, that was like high and low tide. Everything just worked. And you could kind of, yeah, there's no chop up the face. There's nothing. It was just nice and oily, light offshore, and you could just pull in no dramas and just get absolutely combed off your head. We just like, and there, there wasn't many people out either. Like, nah, nah, there wasn't. The last couple of sessions we've had out there, like there's been 40-plus people on the peak and it just blows yeah. my mind. It blows yeah. my mind how many people are all over it now. But anyway, that is it's life. Hard. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It seems to me that like a lot of ways go in and out of vogue and go get, um, uh, you know, a little bit more coverage um, in which way or what or whatever and then, yeah, it might simmer back down or – you know, if there's a um, season that really kind of highlights with certain swell direction, certain waves, so then it just keeps yeah. pumping. And then, you know, at, at home, sometimes it's either like a cape or an island year or like neither, <laughs> um, yeah. depending on swell direction. So, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. And I really don't think we're in any patterns anymore when it comes to the ocean. Hey, Joe, like I've noticed, I don't know if you noticed an up at home, man, but like, yeah, like all seasons have kind of gone out the window for me and like it definitely yeah. gets warmer and colder, but not like it used to with like almost on the exact same weekends or within seven to 10 days, like having the changes over Easter, yeah. having the cool changes. And yeah. do you know what I mean? Do you, have you noticed I, I that? Agree. I agree. Yeah. Like, Back at home, like we'd have in autumn, we'd have pumping waves. Like autumn was the time to be on the Goldie. End of summer into autumn was always pumping east swells. Um, and like I remember years when we had like literally nonstop, didn't get under three foot east swells for like, so it was like two years straight in autumn, three years, four years. And 
you'd just be surfing Stratty Reef, you'd do the combo, it'd be offshore in autumn, it'd be offshore every morning, deep I'd be pumping, everywhere would be pumping. And, like, we were just doing the Ks, like, surfing Kingy, driving back, surfing Stratty, and, like, to the point where you, you were cramping and you had to paddle over the river back <laughs> at dark and you're like, am I going to get eaten by a bull shark? I was going to say... How have you not not been eaten by a bull shark going across those rivers, bro? Like it's <laughs> no beyond me, eh? No one has been touched in the seaway. Like it's insane. And they reckon up in the tower, there's like a a VMR tower, and they've seen sharks like swimming behind people and all sorts of shit, and they just never touch it. And I don't maybe because so there's good. lots of food there. I don't know, but yeah. Um. Off the stratty side of the wall, I've seen footage of, like, 40 sharks in a hole. There's this big, deep hole at the end of the stratty there. Yeah. And, um, like, literally a guy swims down with a camera, films them, and they all just take off. Like, and... Wow. Yeah, like, there's... Like, if you Google it, I'm pretty sure you can find it. Um, it's like some Gold Coast dive page. And you <laughs> probably won't ever paddle the seaway again, but... Oh, man, I don't ever want to, eh? Some of the things that I did when I was younger, I now fully regret coming up your way. Not not because you can, like, really, as you said, you're probably pretty safe and they're, and they're pretty well fed, but, like, just to think that, yeah, they're kind of lurking down there. And, and, dude, I don't know if you know, this is totally off topic, but kind of still on topic. Did you ever watch Stab Highway where they got, um, oh, yeah, was it? To Fake or something? Yeah, man, they had it on chains That's and dumb. hooks. And they, yeah, and they had to paddle across the river. I think it was at Brunswick. And Brun, mate, Bruns, Bruns is mellow. Like that, that river's only like probably 30 meters max wide. But yeah. Was okay. it, it wasn't Ballina, was it? It might have been. No, nah, I guess Ballina's pretty, Ballina would be hectic, but I, I can't you remember anyway. I probably can't. Yeah, yeah. And it's you surf in Southwall <laughs> Ballina. Like, do you, do, you, do you ever get worried surfing Southwall Ballina these days? I've, like, I've had two. Two times where I probably was very close to getting done by a bull shark there. And I was with Tom Wilson and Ash Bryant and we're surfing south walls probably like two, it was only two or three foot, but crystal clear blue, like pretty much the, the complete opposite of what sort of day you'd think a shark, you'd see a shark, right? There was like 40 dolphins swimming around out the back. Like we saw every sort of bloody sea life you can imagine. Like we saw a, I saw a seahorse, man. Like, like I don't know if you've ever seen a seahorse. <laughs> no, like, you I didn't. A, I swear on my life, I was like, "There's a seahorse." I saw a stingray. I saw like everything. Like it was, it was the weirdest day. It was like being in an aquarium. Fuck. It was fucking crazy. And I'd caught a wave. And I was paddling literally, wouldn't have even been a metre of water, maybe like, yeah, prop, just say a metre of water. I was on the inside paddling back out. And I looked to my left as I was paddling out and this big black thing's just hooking at me, no fin out of the water or nothing, but it just went under me to the point where the water dropped. Like, I don't know. It like went and kind of the board went and dropped. This thing was like hooking at me. And I was like, holy shit, like, what was that? And it was really sick. And I was like, fuck, that was the biggest dolphin I've ever seen. I was like, that was, that was bonkers. Anyway, the thing's <laughs> on straight to the wall into the, into the gutter at the rock wall. 
and then disappeared. And I'm looking over there and I was just like, fuck, what was that? Like, and I'm paddling out and I paddled out to the boys like pretty quick and I got out there and I was like, I don't think it was a dolphin. I'm pretty sure a shark just fucking swam straight under me full tilt and like, and I shit myself. I was like, I'm a bit rattled, boys, like we should probably go in. And Ash is like laughing. They're both writing me off as they do. Like you're just mucking around like, shut up. I'm like it wasn't a shark. It was just a dolphin because there were so many dolphins around. And, and then Ash's face just goes white and he's like, fuck, like, He's like, there's a shark, there's a shark. And I was like, I told you there's a shark. And we all, like, grouped together and it just swam straight at us but just cruising, like, super mellow, just cruising, fin out of the water. And then, like, when it got to about three metres away, it just swam around us and then just swam off out the back. And we were, like, huddled together, legs out of the water, like, fully scorpion, just, like, paddling, just laughing in sheer terror, like, I don't know if you've ever been that scared that you start laughing. <laughs> no, I don't. We think were like I in hysterics laughing, but like shitting ourselves. It was the weirdest feeling. Like and almost like, nervous laughter, but to the face. Yeah. Like, were you breaking down? Exactly. Yeah, having a mental breakdown, but like quietly <laughs> shitting yourself, but laughing because it didn't kill you. Like, Dude, it was the what weirdest. a mood change. What a mood yeah. change from the shark just coming at you, full tilt, just sussing you out. Like, that's almost like like a threatening, like, strike by, like a flyby. And well, then yeah. for them to then just see us, I guess maybe three on one or like whatever it was, yeah. or maybe he had his feet or whatever, but like, yeah, just crazy. What, what what a turnaround. And Ash ate his fucking words, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I couldn't <laughs> believe it, man. Like, they were roasting me too, like, laughing, like, shut up. It's just a dolphin. Like, I don't know if they were doing it because they were scared or if they were just, like, writing me off, which is pretty standard bodyboarders' behaviour. But For sure. Especially when um, you say someone you've seen a shark. Like I've said that and I've unfortunately fucked up once. Like I, I went too <laughs> early on one and like I've been the boy who has cried wolf death ever since when it comes to sharks. So no. I can't be trusted. But yeah, like fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, if you've been in the salt as much as you have, you're bound to have, have encounters with those sort of creatures in the ocean. What was the, what was the second one, dude? Um, same place, but literally oh, I saw it. I, I've got probably four or five stories, but, um, yeah, the, the next one was that I saw a fish kind of jumping and it had no tail and it was jumping. And I was just out with Elliot Williams and myself out at Ballina again. And I was <laughs> yeah, sitting there further out than him and he was paddling out to me. And this shark is just like. I reckon it wasn't even three metres. It was probably three metres away between me and the rock wall. And this shark's full body just hit this fish and, like, splashed but then come straight at me. Like, and I've just turned around. I haven't said anything. And I'll just, like, death staring Elliot, just beelining it, not saying a word. I was just, like, <laughs> dead quiet, just fucking aquaplaning <laughs> against the rip. And he's just... He's just seen me and just turned around and he, I didn't even say anything. He just knew. <laughs> and we were just like just mowing down till the wave came and then we got on the wave. He's like, what, what? I was like, fuck, did you see? He's like, yeah, I saw the tail. He's like, that was a shark, eh? I was like, yeah. Uh. 
that was right next to me, man. He's like, I fucking know. We were just like, what the fuck? Oh, oh, oh. Was just only you two out there. Just us two, yeah. And I've, I've surfed that place by myself and it's pumping. Like, I can't help myself. I just have yeah, to Yeah, of course. Especially like when all that footage comes out and you see how nice it is to just whack of air out there. Jesus. Oh, dude. It's, yeah, it's like a skate park. But... Yeah, it just hasn't been the same for so long, unfortunately. And it's probably a blessing because I probably would be dead by now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, stay, stay away yeah. as long as you can. I mean, obviously, yes, yeah, surf it whenever it's pumping or whatever. But like, yeah. the less time you go out there, the better. The the more chance of you surviving. Eh? There's yeah. there's just some places, unfortunately, eh? that just can't get it out of your mind. I'm, I know yeah. every time I've got the box in WA with jumps. Yeah. Um, that that place sucks. Oh, that place sucks for just sharky vibes because it's just yeah. it's just near the river mouth and it's just deep enough with the channels surrounding it to be like a bit of a yeah. you're a bit of a sitting duck and like Yeah. Yeah, it's just but then it's such a yeah. wave. You just we just want to get out there and fucking have a good time, but yeah, that's one place for me. I'm like, oh shivers. Yeah. As long as there's like kind of like five plus people i kind of feel okay but yeah. anything under that you kind of like yeah you get a bit nervous yeah and it's you know that wave in Haleiwa that's like a real there's like the right where they have the surfing comp and then there's that left when it's really big north swell yeah what's that footage of all the boys i think it's in the mega movie and they're yeah also yeah and stoney's doing air reverses and stuff and finland yeah and bp and yeah, yeah that, yeah, that was so, psycho, that session. Yeah, that that wave, um, it was just me and BP out there. And, yeah, same thing. Like you surfed on, on like a big Norswell. Yeah, yeah, it's sick. It's like a big rip bowl. It is, like a, eh? It looks crazy. Yeah, it's like a big rip bowl. But that BP saw something massive and, like, I've never seen him move the way I've seen him <laughs> that day. <laughs> we were like. I was out the back and he was paddling out and I heard him screaming like, come in, come in. And I was just like, what is going on? And he's paddling to the ins, into like the the braking zone. It was like six to eight foot. And he's just like paddling into the reef, like getting out of the channel. Happy to get bombed on. Yeah. And he was like, the fin was like gigantic. He said it was a submarine and, and, but, the thing is, when you get to the end of that wave, the water stops, like the wave stops, and then you've got to paddle over a channel. And it's like all the water comes from like all the way up that massive mountain range in Hawaii. It seems like yeah. it just, that's where the water comes out. And so if there's food, like that's where the shark's going to be sitting. It just seems like like if I was a shark, that's where I'd sit because everything would wash out there. You know what I mean? Hundred percent, and I've heard. I think that the harbour there in Haleiwa is pretty notorious for tiger sharks. Correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. Mm. I have heard that. Yeah, yeah, but. it's a pretty gnarly place. I remember going into um, the, you know, just the tourist part of town, getting a feed, and then going to some of the come of the retail shores, and yeah, some of the shark memorabilia there is pretty classic. So I think a lot yeah. of the fishing. Going out of there too, eh? Yeah, well, it's a good place because there's no waves breaking out of that bay. You can kind of just get straight out, even when it's big. Yeah, so, yeah, it's super deep. Hmm. Wow, man, what a crazy! I remember actually BP telling me also, funnily enough, on 
shark stories. One time he went and served Aussie pipes super early in the morning, um, obviously to try and get there before everyone else on a full moon. I think the tides were right. And, mm. you know, just one of those classic periods when you know pipes going to be good. And um, he was out in the line by himself and got a full big nudge while he was out oh. in the yeah. Yeah, just to see what he was kind of thing. Oh. Um, and then he just legged it in and just can you imagine being out there kind of pretty much pitch black going off touch and feel essentially. And obviously yeah. it sounds like it was pretty big, so he'd be fair fair way out off the back of the reef and then just copping a little nudge from something. Oh. You know, what the fuck it is and you're the only person <laughs> out there in the water. It's that like 10 seconds where you've got to paddle from where you've just been nudged to getting onto a wave to safety. Feels like an hour and a half. Like oh. <laughs> every stroke, you're like, please come back, arm. Please come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you can only imagine how quickly they're going to move underwater if they oh. wanted to, compared to how you're moving on top of the water. You have absolutely no hope. You have no hope. Like, it's pretty depressing, you know. It's hectic, it's their home, that's their job. They're there to clean it up, and if you're the target, then, yeah, I guess we've all come to terms with it. Like, we all know it's a possibility, and, like, you still do it because you just fucking love it. So, yeah, yeah it is what it is, and we live where we live, and we have dangerous sea life, and, uh, yeah. I, I went for a surf in Mackay, actually, um when I first got up here to start working and yeah, like a dude got stung by a box jellyfish across his face and he was out there the next day, man. Like there's a, f- there's crocodiles, there's sharks, there's irukandjis, there's box jellyfish. And like the guy's rolling around on the beach screaming, like making <laughs> absolute pain. And then, yeah, apparently he was out there the next day. It's <sighs> what a nut job, eh? <laughs> We just don't make them, you know, they, they just don't yeah. make them like they make them here in Australia. Like, yeah. come on, that's just out of control. The Irukandji thing is hilarious, man, and that's um, that's the name of the Australian surf team, isn't it, the Irukandjis? Mm. It is, actually, yeah. So well named. They're, they're, they're nuts. And I only heard, man, as of last summer, I think Sunny Coast, um, it was the furthest – Point they've now found Irukandji's coming down um, from up north. They're making it all the way to the sunny coast. Soon they'll be probably the fucking Goldie. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to have to give up bodyboarding if that happens. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they're they're in, like, you can't even see them. They're tiny. They're like, yeah, they're touch like of death. 10, 10 centimeters long with all, the, with all the tentacles and everything, I think. Like, I think they're really small. Yeah, little stingers, and it's they're supposed to be one of the most powerful and and deadly going around. Yeah, indeed they are. Fucking mm-hmm. Australia, mate. We've got everything. We've got everything, <laughs> dude. But speaking um, about Oz, and then thinking about the rest of the world, where's where's been the favourite place for you to go, Boog? And you know, obviously that oh, bar trip with Boom was amazing, but Boom TV. But like, what was the or where's the highlight been? Or like, is there somewhere you want to still go? That's um that that's gonna be that place. Yeah. Oh, look, man. Like, oh, there's so many places. Like, I love Mexico because it reminds me of the Gold Coast on steroids, like Stratty. So that I really love Puerto Escondido. 
Um, I love Tahiti and I love the people there. Like, they're the friendliest, nicest people I've ever met in my life, like, in the water and out as well. But, like, I've never been anywhere where people come up to you and they don't know you and they come, they're smiling and they shake everyone's hand in the lineup to say hello and then they paddle to the inside because they're locals. <laughs> like, I've never been anywhere in the world where that happens. And I'm not sure if you surfed Chopes, but. No. I have not yet, no, I, man. I was blown away by that. I was just like, that was incredible. Like, that was really nice. <laughs> that is incredibly nice. Shows what a cool culture they have over there, eh? Have you seen what's yeah. um, been happening, actually speaking about Chopes and the and the debacle with the reef at the moment? Oh, How they're dude. trying to they erect just... that. Metal structure. They're just, just ploughing over the reef to get over to the spot where they want to do it. Like, so gnarly. And they just don't give too far. Like it's, yeah, uh, there's been so many um, outcries in the community, so many posts from famous athletes around the area just petitioning, saying, like, there's an already an original structure there that has been used for many a contest. Yes, it would be nice to have a new whiz-bang, whatever, blah, 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 but... It's wasted infrastructure when you've got to protect one of the world's greatest fucking waves. Like, swallow yeah. it up, cunts, and make it work. Yeah, yeah. Or even, like, worst-case scenario, use the existing foundations. And I think, like, a lot of those guys were saying that. Like, why are you, why are you making a new one when we've got the foundations there and they're completely sound? Just to spend like, money, just to wank it yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's just, oh, man, it's just all for show. Like, if you think about it, they just, they're just poses. <laughs> like, they've been running world WSL comps, um, bodyboarding comps, like world tour comps, and you can judge from there perfectly fine. They've been doing it for years. It's not falling over. Why can't they just use that for the Olympics? Like, yeah, what, it's just, what, what's the difference? You know, there's no difference. Dollars. There's yeah, exactly. They're just splashing dollars at it to show off, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they do it, but it's unjustified and it shouldn't happen. Especially when you've seen those videos pop up, Joe, of like them just trawling over the fucking reef, and you can see them physically getting stuck and ripping the coral heads off. They were wedged. They were wedged on a big coral head. And then they got off, and then you just see this piece of corals just being smashed to bits. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh man, like really? Yeah, I know, I know. It's just, oh. it's just kind of thoughtless, eh? So, yeah, but we fucking digressed off to a <laughs> negative point. But um, thinking about like your favorite ways, so you got like Mexico, you got Chopes. Is there anywhere else you like have, have gone where you're just like that's you could move there for the waves, so to speak? Um, oh, far out. Well, Bali has everything in the way of, like, I love their food, they're beautiful people, like, the weather's nice, you get the storms in the Arvo in summer, like, the rain, you get pumping waves, you've got pumping beaches, pumping reefs. Like, I think if I moved anywhere, it'd probably be something like that. Otherwise, on the other end of the scale, it would be, like, probably like Samoa, where I could go fishing, where I could surf. I'd live in a hut on the beach. Like, <laughs> I'd love something like that too. Um, and you just eat fresh fish and just eat fruit, just be a full island boy. 
Dude, <laughs> that's epic. That's such yeah, a cool way of living. Yeah, like I, I always pictured myself like that. Like if I could do, if that was the situation, I could. I was in. Like if I could do that for a while, that would be fucking cool. As like, because yeah, I've just found a new love for fishing, and you know, like you're just kind of harvesting your own food, stuff like that. Like it's fresh. Um, yeah, and then you, and then obviously you're on a tropical island, so <laughs> you're not in and a big can, city. There's no pollution, none of that shit. Yeah, you can live cheaply. You can do things how you want to. You 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 want to do them, and I guess probably the only thing is just having yeah, not the the main um, blanket of like you know the medical um, world we have here in the first world country and all that stuff, but. Other than that, dude, like if, if you're healthy and you can manage your own health fairly well, which we already know, speaking off here before about all the supplements and the um, the hydration products and, and all the kind of stuff you take, like you'd be cruising, eh? I, I've often thought about that. I'd love to go just drop the phone off, uh, even if it was just two weeks and just yeah. um, live green. like a, yeah, like a day-to-day routine. Like even I was just – Saying at the start of the potty, like just down Bendy this weekend, I mean this week, this midweek, so for the last four days, um, barely on my phone trying to like stay off it. It just – you just come back happier. Like it, it just – yeah. it's a no-brainer. You know, everyone says it and and like you just do it and you, you realise that it's hard to get off it, but once you do it's just fucking amazing. And, yeah, that lifestyle is so, so appealing. And to provide for yourself, there's something about that, eh, like to be – Mm-hmm. able to hunt and collect and then know that you can self-sustain without being reliant on such a big system. Do you get a bit of a kick out of that? I do. Like if I if I catch enough fish for myself, like all my neighbours around me all get fish. Like I give my mum, my dad, my uh, Aaron's parents, um, my neighbours, like they, they're all getting fish. Like I, And I love like, and they're like, oh, i got to pay for it. Like, I'll, I'll give you money. I'm like, nah, dude. Like, i got plenty of fish. Just have some fresh fish. And they're just like, they look at you like you're some sort of angel that's just come out of the sky. Like, <laughs> like are you serious? <laughs> and I, I get a kick out of doing that. I like, I love that. I love giving, I love giving to people. And, yeah, I that, I love that. That's, yeah. I, I really enjoy that. And I, that makes me feel good. Yeah, sick, man. And also, too, it's such a – it's like the fruits of your um, hard work, so to speak. Hey? It's like your time and effort just trawling away, um, fucking hooking up lines, like being patient, going away, going home empty-handed sometimes. Like, do you ever walk away from fishing and just been like, nah, fuck it, I'm I'm, I'm not doing this again? Like, or, nah. or have you always <laughs> nah, gone back? I, I, it is so intricate. Um, and it's really got me hooked, so to say, um, <laughs> in in the way that like you've got to implement. You got your tides. You've got tide changes. You got moon phases. You've got certain points where the moon is, uh, like your moon rise, moon set. You've got all these different things that, like, once you knuckle it down, you can pretty much catch fish nearly every time you go out. And wow. I've learned all these different things about it, and it's just it's fucking cool, man. And then every fish has a different way to catch it, and there's different lures you got to use, and then there's 
different times that they eat and there's if the wind changes from one direction for a few days they'll turn off and they won't eat and just shit like that and there's just all these different little things that come into play that you need to know and that just I find that really intriguing and I've always fished since I was a little fella like like literally like three I used to love fishing but I never really started fishing properly till I started working up here in Mackay like really giving it a proper crack and just the shit I've learned over the last couple of years is just mind-blowing and the people are cool like I've met so many cool new friends and just it's just a whole new world and I just I just love I love the challenge there's some fish that are just really hard to catch and when you catch one you're just like yeah lose your marbles it's it's so good (laughs) so fun and you can have a beer while you're doing it and it's just peaceful you're out in nature and then you can get a feed at the end of it if you want to if you choose to like a lot of time I put the fish back um but yeah if I'm fishing for food then it's rewarding in that sense yeah Yeah. hectic and what's the hardest fish to catch or what's that one that you're you're constantly seeking out um, I think oh, it's hard to say. Like, you've got your mangrove jack. They're like a this dark red. They're like the pit bull of the rivers, and they're just like they're mongrels. Like they'll just run you under the jetty. They'll snap you off. Like you lose pretty much half of the fish you hook because they're just savage. And it's like a really it's like a challenge. So, I guess getting one of those at a large size like is is kind of um what you say like rewarding if you can get one over 50 centimeters like those those guys are like wizards like they just know where the rocks are they'll just put you straight in the rock snap you off and swim off (laughs) it's just like yeah it's like a full tussle real like a massive tussle to get those guys in so that i'd say they're one of my favorite yeah yeah, wow, crazy man. So, so cool to see like an, another side, and obviously you've applied the same intricacies that you you had through bodyboarding into mm. um, fishing, man. Like how you just are so dialed in, and and it's sick, yeah. And, and I, I I love how it overlaps with a lot of the things you've learnt from from wave riding, like you yeah, have tides and winds and moon phases. That often um, leads to good waves. You can tune into that. So fishing, I guess, yeah. is much the same. It's um. Yeah, it's crazy. And and talking about your bodyboarding and and talking about um, the time with it now, like you know you've you've, you've got your fire first, so like you're, you're flying in and out from the Gold Coast up to two hours west of Mackay, was it? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, up up, up in Queensland, and yeah, um, you know you you obviously you're, you're fully qualified, Sparky. Hey, yeah, I've been fully qualified for a bit over three years now. Um, I literally, yeah, I, I started my apprenticeship when I was 30, um, which was a wild step. Um, cause I, I kind of wasn't getting paid enough to bodyboard and I was like, Oh, like I kind of, I wanted to, you know, I was getting to that age where I needed to make more money to pay rent, pay my bills and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, what's going to be the easiest trade on my body um, that I could do when I'm older, you know what I mean? And so I kind of 
I had a couple of mates I ran into and they were like, they were sparkies and they were like, do this course, do this and we'll get you a job. And so, yeah, that's that's what I did. I went and did a course that was three months. I was working two jobs. I was doing a night job whilst doing the uh, the course and then I was doing some plumbing and then, yeah, that, that overlapped. I, I ended up being a plumber for like nine months because I couldn't get a sparky uh, a mature age Sparky apprenticeship anywhere. And then, yeah. Finally, what were you doing plumbing? Like what type of plumbing? Like sewer, stormwater? Um, no, it was like industrial. So like uh, factories and stuff like that. One of my good mates just had me as a TA. And basically uh, I was just in the trenches laying pipes, like doing all that sort of shit, like big, big pipe stuff. Um, so that was cool. And like I even did some high-rise stuff. Um which, you know, paid the bills when I needed to pay the bills. And and then, yeah, finally uh, an apprenticeship landed in my lap. Did that for the four years. And then I got to the end of the four years. It was 2020. And then COVID hit and I was right in the middle of COVID and I had to do this test, which is like a five-day, it's called a capstone. It's five days of tests. And it's like all these massive books. Like you got to go through all these books and get all these um legislation and do all this stuff and all the like live all the testing and yeah it's pretty full-on like I was having a fair bit of a meltdown doing that because <laughs> um, I'd yeah I never really got into maths until I thought I'd, I'd be a sparky and then I had to do all this like algebra and wild physics stuff so that was pretty out there <laughs> and then yeah <laughs> I'll pass that first crack because I studied like every night for like a month before the test like set aside three hours a night and I just did these equations and tests like every night and yeah managed to nail it first crack and then yeah I left left the Goldie for um the mines and yeah so that was a massive change for me I was living near the beach I could surf every day to going up north and working like having six days of work straight, 12-hour days, having three days off, and then doing that over and over and over and over. And then, yeah, obviously my roster's changed. And now I'm on an eight eight days on, six days off roster. But, yeah, just like the the availability to go on trips became much less and um, – hoping that the waves would be lining up with when you get home is just really hard to like juggle that i do the best i can obviously and you get the odds odd session here and there but um yeah you, my goal was all right i'm 30 years old back then i was like i need to do this i need to get my trade i need to save to buy a house do all that sort of adult stuff that you know a lot of people are already doing at that age um, but yeah, I was just like, I need to get my trade, go to the mines, make some money, get a house, get ahead. And then, yeah, my doors will open back up for all my stuff. So I've, I've started doing trips again. I'm starting, I've got myself ahead, well ahead and stuff like that. I've got myself in the door where work is just plentiful. Like I have people hitting me up every couple of weeks, like if I want a job, you know, and I've got myself to that point where it's like I can pick and choose what I want. Um, and, yeah, obviously great money coming in, 
Um, I've got my beautiful fiance now. Like, yeah, life's good, man. And go and go and do a trip and to back to Samoa with um, a few of the lads in January. Got ten days over there, and yeah, just now. Yeah, is now. that with all the function fellas? Um, so the Tyson Ryan, Elliot Williams, um, Brad Stone, and Kezzy. Oh, Adam Kesbar. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> yeah, so um, a couple of those lads have been to Samoa before and, yeah, just I'm taking my fishing rod, so if the waves are shit, I can go fishing. If the waves are pumping, I'm surfing all day. So, yeah. You're fully it. covered. I'm covered, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Yeah, you should. You've been to Samoa before, haven't you? Yeah, I've been there like five or six times. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen so much footage of you come out of like Rocksark going over there with Chase and I think Jonesy and a couple other fellas. Yeah. I actually stopped going to Hawaii and started going to Samoa the same season. Um, Really? I just, I found like I was getting for the bang for buck. you just get so many more waves in Samoa or like any of those tropical islands that time of year when you get the big north swells. Like I, I'd get, you know, two good waves in Hawaii and then you'd surf Rocky Point and stuff like that. And, um, because, you know, there's so many people there, like, you know, there's a lot of agro and stuff. There's a lot of nice people there, but I just found that the vibe in the water was a bit scary, you know, like I know, I love Hawaii and I love I love the waves there and stuff like that. There's a lot of lovely people, but I just found it just fucking scary. Like pipes, pipes are epic and backdoor and all that. And but I was like, you know what? I'm going to try something different. So I started going to Samoa, and I went there. I think when I just got oh, when was it? I think it was on NMD, and um, yeah, I started going there. And I was getting literally 45 minutes of usable footage in one trip and I'd go there for three weeks. And, like, if you if you think about it, when you go for a surf, you kind of get, like, you know, a couple of clips where you can use it. I was getting, like, ten clips because there was only three of us out and the waves were pumping and it was just me and a friend. You know what I mean? So, like, I just started using that logic and I was like, well, why would I go there when I could – yeah, all these footage, all these photos, and it became it. It really helped my career doing that because I just had all these photos. I was banging out clips all the time, like, and yeah, I I feel like it was a pretty good move for my career, kind of changing it up and doing something different that time of year. Yeah, wow, like, that's cool. I never knew that. It makes sense, so doesn't it? Because in the Pacific, people. Yeah, I mean, not people. Um, you know, that whole region. Sorry, is getting similar swell. So, mm. yeah, why not? And so, you, you had success year in year out. Like it was always some part of the island was was pretty good. You can get a, a, a variety of waves. Yeah, well, literally those big pipe swells, and um, you know, when they've got the eddy alkaline and all that sort of stuff. Um, a couple of days later, those waves would get to Samoa or you know, even Tahiti, wherever, and those north swells would hit, and they were incredible, and there's no one in sight. Like, 
Literally, you'd have the villagers on the beach just looking out, like, <laughs> losing their marbles. But um, do you, I don't know if you remember a guy called Simon Fisher. Do you, yeah, do you remember Simon? Yeah, so I went over there and I actually bumped into a few of those lads from um, eastern suburbs. And <laughs> back then they weren't too keen that I was there. I was with um, Lee Bendel, Jennings and my my girlfriend at the time, and um, it was pumping. Like, we were driving along the coast road, right, and we just saw these blowouts. Like, I'm talking, like, they were probably 10 kilometres away, and these blowouts were going higher than the mountain. Like, we were looking, we were like, what the hell is that? We're driving along the coast, (laughs) and we come around the corner, and we're just seeing these barrels just absolutely squirting, like, like, oh, my God, so... It was kind of like um, cloud nine. Like when we got there and we're looking over to the left, there's this other wave and there's a few lads out there and we're like, what the hell? We rocked up, we got out of the car, like I was losing my shit. Like me and Bender were just crapping ourselves. Like what is this place we've just found? Just these crazy rights squirting, like huge blowouts. And we're like, oh, my God. Anyway, we're getting ready. They've come rushing in. And we were like, what are they doing? Like, why aren't they surfing this wave over here? Anyway, they've come in there like, oh, like, I wouldn't go out there, boys. Like, it's a bit low tide. Like, um, oh, pretty dangerous. Like, I wouldn't go out there. And I'm just looking at them like, I don't give a shit what you're saying. I'm looking at that thing, and that's rideable, and that's the best waves I've seen in a very long time. So me and Benny have just legged it out there. We're out there. We're out there by ourselves just getting these psycho right pits with these huge blowouts like screaming our heads off like what are they doing why are these blokes like i didn't really know them at the time why have they gone in and um anyway come in they'd left and um down the track a couple of years i actually met simon and a few of those lads and he was like clarky like i'll tell you what i didn't really like you when i first met you (laughs) He's like, you you just rocked up and you you know like we we were trying to say that it was like you couldn't surf it and stuff like that and you just went out anyway and because they didn't want me to surf there because we'd found this like little oasis you know. Yeah, but hang on, hang on, hang, hang on a second. Like, let's just back up. Like, <clears throat> I understand what they're saying to a certain degree, but like, aren't they just? Tourists and foreigners there, like that have maybe just surfed it a couple of years beforehand, yeah. and are just sampling well, I, the same treats. I think they didn't have a filmer, and I had a filmer with me, and um, I think they were worried that their little oasis was going to get ruined and stuff like that. And I, I kind of kept it a secret for as long as I could um, where the wave was and stuff like that. But um, they were just trying to protect, you know, their their zone that they'd been surfing for a few years and stuff like that. And I, I, I just said to them, I was like, look, boys, you weren't, you weren't pulling the wool over my eyes. I could clearly see the waves were pumping. And we, we ended up becoming really good friends, um, good mates. He's a mad fisher too, isn't he? He is a good fisherman, yeah. He's a really good fisherman. And, um, yeah, just like his mates with Jose, we ended up, I ended up going over with Jose and Winnie and Jones and Chase and stuff and, yeah, but it was it was just funny that that story that day when they were like, "Nah, I'm just shit. Like, I wouldn't go out there." And I was just looking at them, was like, "You guys are high on crack because those waves are incredible." 
but, but why why didn't they go out there? Why did they leave? Purely so that we would not go out there to make it just to prove a point. And that's that's the that's the length they went to to not to get us to come in. And like wow. I just laughed when I because like, I'd have beers with them in Bondi and stuff like that. And I was just like, boys, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. And they'll laugh and they're like, dude, we couldn't believe you guys rocked up. And I was like, what? Yeah, like I was like, I would share those ways with you guys. And anyway, we ended up becoming mates and. Yeah, they were like, you sound that way without anyone telling you. You did that all on your own and kind of gave us the respect you know, after that. So, oh, that's yeah. nice. That's a good yeah. turnaround. Yeah, nah, look, I, I, love, I love that story. I think it's hilarious because <laughs> yeah. Lee and I were just looking at each other like bloody idiots. Like we know exactly what they were trying to do and it was just we were just laughing. We called the wave fuck yes. It's not even called that. We were like. We called it fuck yes because every every time, like, one of us was just pulling in the wave and just one of us, like, looking into it, just going, fuck yeah, <laughs> say Bogan. But it was we, that's what we called it. It was pretty funny. That, yeah. And just you two out there the whole time. Literally just us two. Like, I, and yeah. the thing was, the weird thing was that wave we surfed, I, I was there for probably all up five months and I never saw that wave do that again to what we got it when we rocked up. I've never – you'd see one do it and it blow out, but not to the extent that we had it that first time. And That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that you just have turned up at that time, yeah, and just made it happen and, and they were there. Like, I mean, everything happens for a reason and, mm. you know, this world's a small place, so to speak, but that's pretty uncanny. You know, it's yeah. so uncanny. Yeah. And that's what good stories are made of, eh? Yeah. No, we, the villagers have cooked me up pigs there and stuff like that. Like, I'm pretty sure I helped build their church because you have to pay to surf over there. Yeah, and you can't surf on Sundays, I've heard. Yeah, church days. And it'd be pumping. You'd just be going nuts. You'd just be looking at these waves like, are you joking? <clears throat> and so what happens if you do go out there? Do they lose their shit? Yeah. Oh, we have before, and they're like, they call you in. They're like, you can't be out there. Like, really? so they're just whistling on the yeah. rocks. Yep, they're just standing there, and they'll be like half the village standing there. Fuck! And are they blowing <laughs> up when you come in? Are they looking at you? Yeah, they do. They're looking at you like you can't be doing that. And like, we only got away with it a couple of times at a few places, but then like, they get to know you, and you just like, fuck. But yeah, you know, it's one day. Yeah. I just, I just give them the respect. You know, that's that's them, and that's whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just hope that. Cool. Yeah, when you're there for like, I was doing three three week stints, one month stints there, and um, you just realise that you know it's just one day, and there's going to be more days, and you just got to respect their culture and stuff, and that's the way it is, eh? It's the way life is, mate. Clark, it's the way life is. A good ethos to have, you know, respect people and um, your wishes shall be respected in return, hopefully. Well, that's how we all hope it should be, eh? Hey? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Dude, um, it's getting late here in Sydney. I know my missus is sleeping down on the couch waiting for my, my study slash bedroom to be um, vacated. So I wish we could continue our chat, but we're going to have to... 
We're going to have to pause there. We're going to have to have you back on, bro, and we're going to have to keep unraveling the life of Joe Clark because by the sounds of there's that many more fucking stories in there we need to <laughs> we need to chat about too. Jesus Christ. It's just amazing too, like when when I have these people on, man, like yourself, and just you just go back over bodyboarding, what has been really done by so many people um, and everyone's lived such a life, eh? like such a colourful life in bodyboarding. It's such a, such a cool sport to, to be involved in. And yeah, just so cool to speak to you, man. I had so much joy then. Eh? I was fucking smiling the whole time, Joey, just <laughs> laughing at some of those stories, man. That was sick. Yeah, man. It's so good to have a chat with you, Luigi. Love you, mate. Cheers for that. No dramas, bro. No dramas. And yeah, when we um after come back from your next trip, we we'll have to fucking get you on, especially after your time away with Elliot. I'm sure you're gonna have quite the fucking time, mate. Quite the time. <laughs> oh man, the group chat's been a bit scary, but anyway, we'll, we're gonna have a good time. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm just looking forward to getting some waves and yeah, cruising. It's better. I got to I got to just get back in the water and. Get moist again, mate. I'm just getting dry out here in the desert, so I'm looking forward to that, and I look forward to chatting to you again, bro. Yeah, bro. And, you, and dude, you're doing the stint that everyone needs to do in some stage of their life, eh? and it comes back full circle. So, yeah, fucking hats off to you for doing it, and um, we'll see you in the ocean very shortly, my brother. Sounds good, bro. Thanks for that. All right, bro. See you, see you Joey. See you, bro. See you, mate. You. Cause calling up by the angel I know exactly what goes on Nothing happens, it doesn't clip a 
Never love me, you're the one that can't feel the 